Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, viewers and listeners. Welcome back or two for the first time, or maybe you've only heard a couple, I don't know, of There Will Be Dungeons, a D&D show where we play D&D. And uh, it's been a week and a half, or two weeks, sorry, since we last saw you. Last week was off, so we're feeling bummed about that and really need to inject this into our veins. So thanks for joining us for that. And uh, do, if you can, support us at therewillbedungeons.com by becoming a Dungeons Plus member today. All the details are there. That's therewillbedungeons.com. As is our tradition, and also so we can all be reminded of what the hell happened last time, we hand it over to Kristen, who tells us what happened last time on There Will Be Dungeons. Last time on There Will Be Dungeons, pausing by the portal, hope denied a dalliance to the dragon. Instead, weary of wheeling, she made to make her own mischief. Serious, Dr. Spider, Blood Skunk, and Hope pushed to the port to nab a Navir, but dutiful dwarves defended the docks. The four failed and sped to the spider space. Quickly, they then consulted Brent on the position of Pentelvice. He knew nothing. Next, the principal was propositioned. While he was wanting for the whereabouts, too, he pointed to a powerful person capable of counseling hope, a secretive sorcerer of massive magical might, Nash Maggard of the Solar Mines. Now knowing the next note of knowledge, Hope exposed an exit to Elhandar and left the Hell Hirings for the Hill Guard. Now rejoin our ready-to-be-reunited heroes. How will the wary welcome wind up? Can any misunderstandings be mended? And just where in the world will they wind up? Stay tuned for today's adventure within the sacred halls and green walls of Elhandar. All right, Bo, we hand it back to you. All right. Fade from black to a beautiful cottage in a beautiful forest. Blue sky, sun bearing down upon the scene. There's a pond and you can hear the stream rolling over rocks. It's about nine in the morning. Liriel is in the kitchen preparing the morning's this morning's feast. We don't know where Stanley or Varel is at this particular time, but you can hear the kids from uh, the noise of Nash's four children sort of sort of baby <laughs> floating out of the window. And there upon the scene is Nash Maggard of the Solar Mines. Now, if it was nine in the morning, Scott, and you were up and you were out of the house at this point, what would Nash be doing? Um, so I'm up and out and outside. Yeah. 9 a.m. in front of the cottage. No one else to be seen. Angela, she's inside with the kids. with Bok Bok and Chunks and Liriel's making breakfast. I would be laying on my back. Uh, staring up at this artificial magical sun. Uh, and throwing 
grapes in the air and trying to catch them with my mouth. And I would miss a lot, so there would be grapes scattered about my head in the in the grasses and things around me. I just okay. I just lay there. Make a, make a sleight of hand roll. Okay. I was hoping I get to do something early here. Got to throw grapes. A two. <laughs> All right. So you throw one in the air and it lands right on your forehead like this and rolls off. You want to try again? That was a critical one, by the way, because I have a plus one. So d- d- does that make it Oh, worse? it was a critical one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you try to move your body to catch it with your mouth because that's what you're trying to do. And unfortunately, where would you be lying? Like on the ground near the lake? Uh, just... Anywhere out on the flat ground somewhere where there's where there's grass. And like I said, just somewhere I can just like lose lose my time and throw throw grapes in the air. Okay. You feel uh something sharp but doesn't break skin on your robe near oh. your leg. Oh. Okay. And it's clamped onto your clothes. I'll go, ah and look up and see what it is. And you look at well, you're lying down, so you raise your head up and look down, and you see that little snake has grabbed onto your cloak and is biting it. Oh. I will uh reach down, yank it from my leg, not caring if I pull too hard and tear myself up or anything, just grab it, yank it, and then throw it in the lake. Alright, animal handling roll, please. Oh my gosh. I know I don't have any bonus to that. Let me just you know how to handle the snake? Oh, I have a plus one. All right. Yeah, I, I definitely do. Fifteen. All right, you pick it up and you fire it off into the bush. All right. Sweet. And you sort of and you stand up to do this, so you have to you pick it up, you sort of grab it by its head, right? I yeah. think that's how you're supposed to hold him. Yeah. Pick him up, and then you just take him, you rifle him as hard as you can to the forest. Yep. And the snake goes flying. Yep. And as that happens, um, you feel a yank on the back of your neck, and whoosh, all of a sudden you're in Dr. Spider's laboratory, and the scene last week plays out with Hope tell asking you questions and then then pulling you right back. Yeah, so you see Dr. Spider kind of looking at you very friendly, you think, for a spider. You see Serious Business, really big minotaur with a suit. And I think you got your sword back, so he's got a really large menacing sword. And you see a clown without any ears, a giant quiver of arrows on his back. <laughs> During this altercation, it all happens so fast, you exchange words with Hope, but you don't even remember what was said. Hope's charging again through the portal and grabs you by the scruff and pulls you back to Elhandar. Hope the gate closes behind you. Nash is now standing there, pretty dumbstruck. And you see a beautiful forest scene with beautiful lush grass and flowers and a stream and a pond and a nice cottage. And you hear children sounds coming from the house and you smell delicious bacon floating in through the windows as well smells very appetizing now I believe last week uh, Hope you had a purpose in collecting Nash do you recall what that is it's been two weeks Hope's having a hard time so we'll give her a minute (laughs) (laughs) what is my state of mind after this am I all freaked out I should be 
right? Yeah. I mean, you just got taken to some a port. You got pulled through a portal to a strange world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Spider's laboratory. So lots of webs and cocoons and, but also weird, unexplainable technology. Okay. It's like hope. It's very unexpected. But Hope's back. You're looking at her and she's peering at you. Uh, intense. And then she's also taking in the scenery. That's what the quiet was about. She's just staring. Okay, so she was laying into you in that way, but like she stopped and is looking around right now. I'll say, Hope! What the hell is this? I was just laying on the ground over there by those piles of in-eating grapes, throwing grapes in my mouth, and I get bit by a spider and I threw it in the lake and then you, suddenly I'm with you and there's a bigger spider in there and what, what is this? <laughs> oh, still quiet. She's collecting her thoughts at the moment and then she'll look up at you, Nash, and she'll go where is this? Uh, it's a long story. We're actually on a ship and this isn't real but it's nice. Feels real enough to me, and uh, Stanley's around here somewhere, and same with Varel, but I don't know if everyone's super happy with you. I'm not even sure I am. This just freaked me out, though. Wait, 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 what do you mean it's not real? Uh, well, it's like magically made. It's sort of, I don't I don't totally understand it, but the elves that, that fly this ship say that it's, you know, it's as good as real, so I just take them at their word, and it's kind of nice. And and you said long. How long has it well, been? It's been two days. Long enough for me to have four kids. I had four kids, Hope. Hope, I had four kids. One's called Boot. There's another one called... Oh, I forgot all their names. <laughs> fork? Or is it Spoon? Is it Fork? Boot, Fork. Uh, I'm, I'm not helping you. Nash Jr. And uh can't remember the other kid's name. Shoot. Okay, there's fork, fork boot, boot, pipe, pipe, pipe. That's it. Fork, boot, pipe, and Nash Jr. And Nash Jr. Yeah, you'll get to meet him. It's great. But also, we thought you were long gone. I'm never coming back here, and I'm a little out of my whack here. I didn't expect any of this. I was just having a nice morning. But it's only been two days, and congratulations. Has it really only been two days for Nash? It's been longer for him, right? Has time been? Yeah, it's been longer. Uh, yeah, it's been longer. Yeah. Okay. I'll it's been about two days, but you had the four days of extra rest, and somehow your times are in, in unalignment. Okay. She's got some kind of interstellar thing where Matthew McConaughey took longer to get home than... You, you don't know, but you're right. welcome to invent all the answers you like. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it's been way more than two days. We need to... Hold on a minute. We need to get everybody here. This is ridiculous. I'm... I'm going to go get Stanley, and I'm going to try to go. I'm going to run and get Stanley. Okay, do you know where he is? No. Well, I assume I do, because you know, we live here now for a while. I should know, right? Okay, well, then let's have this conversation. Stanley okay. and Varel, where might you be this morning, another morning of rest, with nothing on, the, nothing on your road ahead? Well, part of the deal that Stanley was told about um, if he was go- if they were going to look for his father was that he needed to participate in hunts and kind of accept what life could offer here so if Pharrell's hunting I would actually say Stanley probably went with him as he knows nothing about this hmm. and needs to learn from someone knowledgeable did the 
game here managed to excite or has it mostly been like deer and raccoons and like low level creatures? Uh, thus far, you've only encountered low level creatures on your hunt, but you have found evidence that uh, not evidence, let's say, but your instinct for hunting, you do know that there are more ferocious predators uh, in the wild here, but they've made themselves scarce around you. Okay. Challenging prey to hunt. Gotcha. Well, if things have been kept relatively simple for the last couple of days, then I would be bringing Bok Bok and Chunks with me because Chunks is going to mature very fast as a kobold and needs to learn how to hunt. Okay, so let's say the hunting party is Chunks and Bok Bok and Stanley. Sounds good. All right. So they're out hunting, Nash. All right. Would I know generally where they go to hunt? And I assume they'd leave on foot to do that. They're not taking some... If they told you, would you remember? Would Nash remember? I mean, I might know. No, I probably blew it off. It's, it would like, not interest me in the least to go hunting. So I probably just like, whatever. Let's see you guys later. I can't. Like, you're I'll pretty eat. distracted with your kids and stuff, too, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Fork had a blowout diaper. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I'm going to. Uh, then I'm going to say, uh, we should find them. Let me, let me find out where they are. They need to know you're here. Is it just you? Or are there other people here? I need all the details. It's just me. You look different, too. You got more horns and shit than you did when I saw you a long time ago. What happened? Hope still just has the two horns. You look like... Oh, I thought you leveled up and got some, like, extra ridges and junk on you. No? So... No, totally, but she's using the ring. Oh. When she took the hand, it transformed her, but she's capable of changing her appearance, so she looks like... It's just hope, hope. Yeah. Standard-ass hope. All right. Uh, then forget all that. The jury will dis- disregard the last statement. Um, all right. Well, we should find them because uh, this is crazy. They need to know you're here. Is that okay? Do you want to? Do you want to go with me? We can go find them, those two. I'll just wait here at the lake. Well, go. You can wait in the house, and uh, uh, Angela, Angie's in there. She's making breakfast. She, you can probably eat and uh, make yourself at home. And chill out. The kid, they tell the kids it's Aunt Hope and they, they'll be fine. They're too young to know anyway. They're little. They're still at the teat. <laughs> and half the time in the shape of a boot and a fork. So you may not even see three of them. Anyway, I got to go. So I'm going to go find those guys. And then I'm going to go wherever I can find someone who knows where they go hunting. Okay. Might be Lyriel. Well, I know where Lyriel is. She's in the kitchen making bacon. Oh, that's and right. And other breakfast foods. I was thinking of Angel Ashy. Then I'm going to go in there and say, Lyriel, I'll bring Hope with me. This is Hope. She needs a place to hang out for a minute. I've got to go find those other two. It's a long story. I promise to tell you the whole thing when I get back. But you got to tell me where they're hunting. I got to go find them. Oh, uh, well, last I heard they were um, headed east. Okay, east. Shit. Uh, <laughs> I dig around my pocket and think, well, do I have anything for, for like directions? I don't think I do. Point me the direction. Which is east? Muriel will point the direction and a little bird will start flying in that direction. Awesome. I'll follow the bird. Just follow. No, this is great. This is like uh, a thing I used to have. It's a long story. Anyway. All right. I'll be back. 
and I'll follow the bird. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> you run out and follow the bird. Make a... Hang on. I have to... I believe it's survival, right? Yeah, so make a survival check with advantage because the bird is helping you. Ooh. Right, as you good. set out into the forest to find the rest of the party. I have a nice bump to that anyway. <laughs> They're both 19, so 19. Perfect. All right. Pharrell and Stanley, uh, you were out on a hunt. Do you have a particular style of hunt, or do you want me to ascribe one? Varel. It would be very stealth-based. Okay, so maybe we're doing sitting chasing. Uh, some people sitting at a certain location, and some are chasing through the forest to the people sitting, uh, lying in wait. Sure, that sounds good. Yeah. All right, so I would, as a seasoned uh, hunter... Probably Varel would be, you would be the one waiting. And then Stanley, Chunks, and Bok Bok would walk in a line, like a kilometer out or something, and walk in your direction, chasing all the game to you. Okay, so quiet's important. It's a stealthy thing. You're sitting, maybe you're dug into the ground or something. You're sitting stealthily, and they're trying to actually make noise. So as part of the tactic, if they're not that quiet, this works in your favor, Varel. Okay. Um, so as you do that, uh, Nash, are you making any noise as you go to search? Just huffing and puffing? What's going on? Just huffing and puffing. I'm floating so I can get a, bir- a more bird's eye view. So I'm kind of floating up near the top of the trees. Okay. But are you making any noise trying to get attention or are you being quiet? Um, being quiet until I see them. I don't want to scare, okay. you know, scare off game or do anything weird. So. All right. Let's make uh, Nash. Give me a stealth roll, please. Uh, All right. And Varel, give me a stealth roll as well, please. Twenty-five for me. Oh, very nice. Uh, Eleven for me. Okay, so Varel, as you sit lying and wait for prey or for uh, sign of Stanley, Bok Box, and Chunks, um, a particular odor enters into your nose at first. It smells distinctly of Nash, and then you see Nash float overhead, uh, not seeing you. Wait, he's underwear flying? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually not making that much noise. I wanted to role play it like he's being a, a crazy, hey, guys, where are you? But he's actually being uh, quiet. I'm being so. prudent. Can't force it. Yeah. I'm scanning okay. the area. I should have seen him though. Well, unless unless he's oh he's he's no. Stealth. You guys just had a stealth gun. Never mind. You're right. You by 14 points. Yeah, you're right. All right. I will attempt to hit him with a small rock to get his attention. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Attack roll, please. I assume this is not a damaging one. Let's just see if you hit. <laughs> What's your not AC? My strong suit. Uh, four on a ranged attack. Okay. A rock goes whizzing past you, Nash. Do I you hear don't it? Know where it's from or what's going on? But I heard it though and I saw it or saw it. You saw it. Yeah, you saw it. Oh, I will I will Came put on the br- I will put on the brakes and hover for a second and look look around and go, "Who is that? Who is it?" Like that. I will stick a hand up out of my hidey hole and wave it quickly and then duck it back down. I'll go, "Ah! Oh, it's Pharrell." And I'll lower down because I recognize his hand. <laughs> At first, it freaked me out, but it's, you know, I know it's your hand. So I'll freak Got down, you. or I'll freak down. I'll f- float down. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go see the freak down. I'm going to float down near his hidey hole and go, Varel, 
I know you're hunting and I, you guys don't like to be bugged when you're doing this stuff. And Lord knows I benefit from the food you bring home. But, uh, I got, I have big news. Where's Stanley? How big? Uh, maybe the possible, possibly the biggest, you know, uh, you remember hope, right? Yeah. <laughs> I remember well, hope two hope, days ago. Hope from a couple days ago. Yeah. <laughs> Just a few days. Well, you know how you were all pissed and everything. Uh, She's back, and she's in town, and she's waiting for us right now. Oh, fabulous. Gentlemen, and I'll stand up. Okay. Uh, so you, you call out to the other party members? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, you say gentlemen, and it doesn't really carry across the forest that you, like you thought it would. Hmm. Stanley? The hunt is off. Bok, bok. All, right. All right, Stanley, you hear that uh, echoing through the forest. All right, Stanley just I calls out to the others. All right, sounds like whatever this is is done. Let's uh, let's head back, see what Varel wants. All right, you hear some bushes rustle, and then Bok Bok pokes his head out, and he goes, No, not shush. This we're the ones supposed to be loud. Have you been sneaking? Chunks crawls through another bush and he goes. Both of you have been sneaking. That's not what Varel asked us to do. He says, can you speak Goblin now? No, I can't. All right. He he seems to be cursing at you and Goblin. (laughs) Look, first of all, I don't speak Goblin. You're not going to get anything out of me with that. Second, where else calling you? Off you run. Uh And he goes. (laughs) 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 And he listens and he hears you speak true. And then he turns to Chunks and he goes, And then he runs and then Chunks goes, they both sort of take off through the bush. This buck buck and chunks. <laughs> Turned into Tim Allen. Um, I was telling some people who haven't listened to the campaign about the about our campaign. And at one point I had to explain why there was a kobold named Squirt. <laughs> they were just like, what the hell are you guys doing? That's great. I don't even try to explain what we do to anyone I know. Unless they're listening. Yeah, it's it's trouble. <laughs> it's trouble. All right, I'll uh, I'll follow after him. All right, um, Varel and Nash, Bok Bok and Chunks come tearing through the bush, making a ton of noise. You hear ah! At one point, you hear a, <laughs> and then eventually they make it through. You hear them. You hear them way sooner than you actually see them, and then eventually, very casually and very gracefully, Stanley steps through the trees, not touching a single leaf or disturbing anything in the forest as he moves through it. Quiet, even. Not okay. a tweak snapped. You don't hear him coming. All right. Do I see him, though? Yeah. You see all of them, and the party's reunited. All right, Stanley, we have a problem. The tact Nash. Uh, what? Tact. Oh, tact. Gently. Okay, Stanley. Okay. Uh, uh, What's the problem? Uh, you're a great friend, and I will now, as a friend, share with you news in the, the most friendly way a friend can relay information. Well done. Thank you. 
here's what I have to say, and please don't freak out, okay? Just ch- just relax, breathe, take a deep breath. Nash, but just tell me what the news is. Hope's in town, and I go... <laughs> she's back what? at the she's back at the place. She's with she's with those uh, what's her name eating bacon. She's waiting for us. <laughs> and I'm guarding my face. I don't want him to hit me or do anything. Wait, hope? Hope. Our hope. How'd she get here? I I don't This is where it gets weird cuz I was doing that grape thing I do on Saturdays and <laughs> Nash, I do not care about the grapes. How did she get here? I was yanked into some dimension. There was a spider. She was there. Other stuff was going on. She had more ridges over there than here. That's another weird thing I'll tell you about later. But then she yanked me back through this portal hole, and I, we, we were back here. And then she explained to me. To, or Stanley's no. running away before he finishes back towards the cottage. <laughs> okay. Oh shit! Okay, and then we'll all start chasing. St- I'll chase Stanley, or I'll. Are you him. all? Are you all trying to match his speed and run? Yeah. Or are you letting him run ahead? Uh, Nash is trying. Varel. I would hope to overtake him. Okay, like so everyone's years. you were all running back like a bunch of kids being rung in for the dinner bell. Is that what's happening? Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Hope. Um, Varel should be able to pass me. Yeah, he's got he's got. You. Oh yeah, he's got, Varel he's got definitely about ten feet on me per. But he doesn't want to seem to overtake you, right? You just want to keep pace, if I understand. No, correctly. no, I, I I would be overtaking him. I'm afraid he's going to blow the house down or something. <laughs> okay, perfect. Then, then all right. Do you use any magic to get there first, Stanley, or are you letting him win the race here? No, Varel passes me, passes me, but I'm just heading that way. Okay, I just, in case you want to use some teleport shenanigans to get there first and burn the house down, like he said, it's, it's an option. You might be able to win if you wanted to do that. I'm just checking. Clarify. Alright, good. You don't want to do it. Stop no, I want to get there roughly with everybody, because we probably have a fight on our hands. I'm going to underwear right. I'm going to underwear fly as fast as I can, but I want my arm... <laughs> I want my arms behind me like Naruto style. I just want to be looking like I'm seriously going to wherever I'm going. Yeah, ten ten feet of turn. This is not. It's really slow speeds, guys. Oh yeah, I forgot how slow it is. Never mind. You're I'm like, on the ground. I'm on the ground chucking it with everybody. But he's literally hauling ass. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Just keep the flying thing. It'll be funny. All right. All right. Um. Unless you really don't want to, but no, I don't care. Funny. I just want to keep up. That's all. Whatever it, it feels takes. like. That's how this has to happen now. Sorry. All right, I'll fly. Um, I'll fly. I'll be last. All right. So, uh, so hope you are in this kitchen with Liriel. You hear children upstairs, and um, Liriel's focused back again on eating. I don't know if Liriel's the type to nervous talk or just not even notice the tension and keep talking, but I assume you're probably pretty quiet. So, however, this five minutes goes by, it's a little awkward and, and, and quiet for a bit. And then through one of the windows, you see you see Varel stomping through the forest line and running towards the house. Uh, do you do anything in that moment as they run to the house? Nope. Hope will just stay seated. All right. So Stanley and Bok Bok and Chunks make the clearing. <laughs> as Varel hits the door, Varel, describe your arrival. I throw open the door. Hope! Corral. I head to the kitchen. Okay, Stanley, you're next to arrive. As, as soon as I get within 
site of the house, about, you know, roughly, because of the range of the spell, 120 feet, I would pull out the megaphone, and I would be whispering a message to Lyriel, saying, Lyriel, if you have a way to warn anybody else here or set up an alarm, please do so. I think we are going to be attacked by demons. All right. Lyriel? Uh, Lyriel, can she send a message back? Yeah, you can respond. Oh, my. Uh, well, I can certainly send a message along. Where will they be attacking from? Quick question for the DM, uh, or, or for you, Bo. Um, how safe is Elhandar? Would Lyriel know, kind of, is it um, yeah, almost so unfindable? Yeah, so in terms of defenses... Uh, so Elhandar is well concealed from the denizens of Earth, but generally speaking, it's a big floating space station around the planet, so it's very findable. Um, Defense-wise, uh, Elhandar is a mecca of science and magic, and as such, it has defenses, but it's definitely not designed for withstanding a major assault. They are usually elves are usually quite diplomatic and prefer working with other races and threats and finding alternative solutions that don't result in the loss of life um as is their belief but okay. they're formidable lots of magic oh, okay so if demons attacked like they did um would Elhandar put up a pretty good fight uh so you're aware that there are uh, the combined might of the magical academy and sciences would be able to erect uh, likely a shield uh, of of such force that it wouldn't allow you to leave, but it wouldn't allow anything to enter. And that's generally the default plan okay. A when it comes to assaults is to siege up. And because you have the biodome inside, you have a cornucopia of food available to you. So you can siege forever. Um, yeah. You're, you guys are very, you're not confident if you were to take on a war that you would win in spite of your great power, but it's also not part of your belief. However, you're capable of defending for, decades if not hundreds of years should the need arise cool uh well then lyriel will um send them get in touch with whoever's in charge to go ahead and get the shield ready okay perfect after right. that stanley will draw diplomacy and megaphone in one hand sword in the other go stomping into the house all right perfect you go stomping into the house Chunks and Bok Bok follow him behind, and you hear them, and they're just talking about how fun the day was. And where's Hope? Uh, in the kitchen next to Liriel. Stanley will come we in. Could ask, we could ask Kristen what might Hope's disposition be, like leaning on a counter, arms crossed, or something like that. I don't know. Well, when she sees you all enter, she'll start crying. Aww. And this will take up probably about a good 10 to 20 minutes. And it's it's an ugly cry. It's really gross. There's snot coming out. Skin's blotchy <laughs> as blotchy skin can be. Okay, wow. How do you guys react to this? Oh, I'd be, like, clapping her on the back, calling her the finest warrior I've ever seen. 
No, basically the uh, the Gimli in the walking into the Frodo bedroom. Okay. Am I, am I there yet? Yeah. Did I make You're it? You're not there yet. Okay. You're no. <laughs> <laughs> Naruto hovering through the woods. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so Stanley, you're you're so Varel's patting her on the back. She's crying, and you're there now with your sword drawn. Yeah. And maybe there's a little oh my coming from Lirio. Yes, Lirial has gotten to cleaning. Okay. Cleaning isn't awkward. It helps everybody. That's a good point. Did you decide one city wasn't enough for you, Hope? Needed to make it two? What are you talking about? We've been back to Tiakala. We know what your new demon friends did to it. My friends, no. No. No, not my friends. All right, um, so I'm going to stop you there. Nash breaks the tree line and floats to the front door in Naruto's style in his underwear. Gosh, you guys are too fast. Hold on a second. <laughs> Stanley, I was going to try to tell you she didn't seem like she was in danger. She's just here. Oh, shit. Everyone's upset. All right, hold no, on. No, she never seems like she's a danger, Nash, until all of a sudden she betrays you and floats off again with the very same demon's that destroyed our home. Yeah, but they we found me. We should hear her out. Hold on. We should let, let her have her say before you before you burn something down. So, uh, Hope, I, explain yourself to Stanley and let's figure this out. So, I took the hand because I figured the glove you could bring to Tabacho and he'd leave Earth alone. And then... That fulfilled a deal I had to make with the demons to get back to you in the tower. But uh, I was invited to hell where I met the person in charge. His name is Brent. He seems to be uh, very friendly, uh, if a little scary. And then I went home because I thought I could fight off the principal we could start rebuilding the city the way I wanted, but the demons found me and they found the kingdom and they came and they destroyed it and we left. I left. Um, and then Hope will stop and she'll have to take a few minutes. So, uh, after that, I found out the the principal's involved in everything somehow. His name is Vladimir, in case you wanted to know that. Uh, we found out there is an eye that goes with this hand, and she'll transform her what looks like a normal hand into the, the hand hand, uh -huh. and then transform it back. Uh, I found out where the eye is and now I'm supposed to go get the eye um yeah and you're here now because you missed us terribly or because this little personal quest for power now involves us somehow this wasn't supposed to be a quest for power I wanted to save you guys at the tower. 
because if anyone deserves to go and be taken off, it was me. But here we are. And I found out, yes, you're correct. Nash knows something. But now I know I could get back. <laughs> and so the I audio back. Oh. <laughs> Go I'm for sorry, it. Kristen. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just no, wanted no, to no. I just wanted it. to remark to our audio listeners that Scott I think had the most fearful face I've ever seen on <laughs> when you were like, Nash does something. And he was like <laughs> Well Stanley's looking scary as shit right now, and I don't want to be involved in the pain of any of this. So yeah, I, Nash would be a little freaked out by hearing that. I know Scott doesn't remember what happened in the I don't. Before. I don't remember shit. That's the problem. <laughs> okay, well, I'm not telling you, so All right. But neither, sorry, Chris, for the record, continue. neither, I just neither really would Nash. To highlight that. Nash wouldn't know either. All right. So I'm not here to force any information. I'm. I just need help. And she says that very, very quietly and very scared. It's very convenient you all of a sudden need help. You know who needed help was your friends, your supposed friends, at that tower. Your so-called noble attempt to fall on the sword to save us left us awfully vulnerable. I can't even begin to tell you how many times we nearly died that day. Your attempt to help us amounted for jack shit and nearly got us killed several times over. Not the least of which was when we returned home to find a demon army standing there. And whether you led them there intentionally or not, nearly wiped us out. Do you remember the little kobold that's responsible for you standing here? No. Well, the one who made sure that you got brought back from the dead, who Varel worked so hard to secure our safe return dead because of the demon invasion you led to Tiatkala, your bodyguard, what's his name, the one you were so close to, dead, thanks to your invasion of the city. Many people we cared about, I'm sure plenty, that you supposedly cared about to try and bring from Dust Hill, all dead, from your actions and your help. Chunks chimes in. He pulls on Box Box's arm and he points at Hope and he looks and he goes, Mommy killer! <laughs> Box Box looks at him and goes, oh. Yes! And, and, you know, he goes, Yes! Good time to say! I'll tell you what I believe, Hope. I believe your story would mean a lot more to me and be far more believable if you were showing up like I maybe hoped when I first came in the room and saw that whatever that thing turned you into was no more and you were as we remembered and then you revealed the arm you still have it you may not have been chasing power but you certainly haven't run from it and now you tell us that Nash knows something so that you can go off and get more for what end? I haven't quite figured that out yet me neither. So all this was for nothing. No. All these lives sacrificed, all these people dead because 
we haven't figured out yet what exactly we want to do. Stanley, we should probably we should probably suss this out and not just jump to any conclusions. This is hope I'm we're talking still about. I'm not sure that her little demon friends that we saw her march off with are on their way here right now. And this is just her buying time. Well, we don't know anything about nothing, right? She doesn't know that we haven't been waiting here to slice her throat the second she walks through. So maybe... I don't know. I don't know how to handle this. Varel, what would you do? I'd call Stanley a coward for saying that we were useless without her. We fought not only on the elevator, solved the vegetable puzzle portal, <laughs> then faced badass tea with full gusto before beginning a attack on a demon lord of which each one of those people you said died engaged of their own volition, their own will. I don't regret anything we've done, Varel. I just think it might have been easier if we had done it with one of our more powerful companions instead of her taking off with her new friends as soon as it seemed to suit her. Oh, you weren't there. You weren't there hovering down the side of that tower, though that was your doing, the hovering part. You were too busy caring for your new girlfriend. Hope and I shared an intense moment while we decided what to do with the arm. We faced peril, stared death in the eyes, and made a decision that Hope should wear the arm to save us all. Look, I understand I deserve all of this. I didn't come to fight. I just needed some time. It's been two days, and I've slept very little. Maybe we just need to sleep on it at night, everybody, and cool down and, and, and you know, not jump to any conclusions or do anything stupid. I mean, Stanley, what would it hurt? She's alone. There's nothing else here. We could even talk to their the best and brightest on this on this thing and ask them to tell us if we're right about that. That is an extremely naive stance. How did you even come to be here? Saying she's alone when she all of a sudden just materialized that the place we're living is a bit naive, Nash. Think of all we had to go through to get here. Well, she, she's just here. I, I agree, well, but she slide off the ring. And she, slide it across the table toward everyone. That's how you travel. I mean, I like I was trying to explain to you in the forest, and then you took off. I got pulled in there to this other dimension. I assume this ring had something to do with that. And then hung out with them for a little bit, and then, and then she brought me back, and it was just me and her. So I was with her when she came through. I'm just saying there's no other, there's not a pack of demons hiding somewhere. There's nobody else. And then Hope will pull off the other ring and transform into that badass monster and slide it across the table. And this is how you look however you want. See, I told you I shit extra shit on her. I told you. Y'all looked at me like I made that up. Nash says nonsensically as if it mattered.
If you want to put your faith in her again, go ahead. We'll see what she has to say. We'll see what her offer is. If you all want to go chasing after her while she grabs for more power, then so be it. I don't think anybody's saying that. We're just thing. saying. We're just saying. Take you know. We got just everybody take their time. I don't know where Hope's been. And I'm not defending her. I have no idea. And you know, a lot's happened. I got a boot, a fork, and a pipe to take care of. And even another one that doesn't change much. And we're all worried about everything. Everything's a big worry. So instead of freaking out and killing somebody here, let's just... That's all I'm arguing for. She may be the worst. And we'll determine that. But we can't just burn it all down now based on these hot emotions that are pouring out of everybody. Stanley will take the tip of the rapier and slide the ring that changes the appearance back towards hope you might want to hang on to that one then walk away ooh cold if there's a moment of silence that hangs in the air bok bok pipes up and goes woman woman he snaps his fingers at Lyriel uh, yes. yes. <laughs> Get guest drink and food. Oh yes, I was preparing that. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> and then she'll set the table with food and drink. All right, and he looks at um, chunks, and he says, "Guests get food." And then he looks to Varel and. Smile like he makes a smile face at you, like looking for validation that he's made a correct thought process. <laughs> it's true, Chunks. Warriors should be rewarded with a feast, and this warrior has been on an epic journey. Hope will just stare at the food. So, what happened while I was away? Well, the true historian among us is all pissed. But, uh, it's been a whirlwind of events. We kind of thought you had permanently betrayed us. And, And not just us, but whatever laid in your path, like this was your new thing. And I, you know, I have to admit, it felt pretty bad. Because we kind of thought you were one of us. And so I understand where Stanley's coming from, but, you know, that's why I'm hoping yeah. we can figure out what the hell went, you know, happened so we can figure all this stuff out. I got. You know, it look, just, I, it seemed Varel was almost dead. You two had made it. Uh, yes, little one. <laughs> Um, what does it want? Mommy! You're, you be new mommy now! Uh, no, no. Uh, I buck, buck, daddy! You mommy! No, no. I'll Cobalt ancient stuff. rule. You kill mommy, you become mommy. And 
Stanley, say you kill mommy. Chunk mommy. I I don't even know who you're talking about. I don't know. He's like... (laughs) I love this ancient ancient kobold rule that if you kill the mom, you become the mom. That's awesome. I love that. Mommy must take chunks now. New mommy. Oh, we'll see. And Hope will reluctantly hold the little squirmy kobold. Pharrell? Yes? Make Buck Buck wedding, Hope and Buck Buck? Uh, no, we won't be doing that. <laughs> Why does she say no? Buck Buck Daddy and Hope Mommy, then Buck Buck and Hope get. Yeah. You know, bang bang. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Buck Buck. (laughs) I want you to look at Hope in her glorious form. Mmm, glory. Mmm. Could you handle Old that? glory, but okay. Yes, I understand your willingness. However, I fear for your safety. Buck, buck. Buck, buck, now man. Make sacrifice for good of family. Buck, buck will do this. I'm... I see. I see. Uh, you hope... make me husband now. Oh, will you excuse us, please? <laughs> yes. Bok, bok, porch talk. Porch talk again. Oh, porch talk. Porch talk. He goes outside to the porch. <laughs> okay, so uh, Bok, bok, immediately goes outside to the porch. And I'm not sure what Kyle meant. He's now gone. So I guess... Oh, him, him and I are going to have a hard-to-hard talk out there. About, oh, like, okay, so then know, we're out of the scene now. Di- gotcha. Yeah, di- you know, different creatures' sizes and how they can procreate and whether or not it can work or not. I didn't, and... I didn't pick up how you are trying to improve the dynamic by getting rid of him. I got it now. <laughs> <laughs> I was too much in character. I was like, this is great. What are we doing now? All right. I'm sorry, Nash. I didn't mean for any of this to happen. Well, I for one see that your contrition is real. There's perhaps still much to be said about the impact and the implications and the the consequences of your acts, but I I don't doubt your sorrow. It might take a little more work to get Stanley aboard. Yeah. Um, but he said you'd been back to Tietkala. Yeah, it's a long story, and a lot of it's a little fuzzy for me because uh, I spent a lot of time fathering three kids, four kids. Feels like three because three are. It's a long story. In fact, I'll tell you. Uh, the, here's the short of it. Uh, my wife 
says that I'm a shapeshifter and always have been. And that's news to me. So, and she doesn't just mean me turning into a dragon. That's like a separate thing. Uh, also, they're all shapeshifters. So, the reason we called him Fork is he shot out of her, her uh, Virginia in the shape of a fork, but then turned into a kid later. And same with the boot and the pipe. And so, as you can see, it was a lot of stuff. I'm still t- sort of wrapping my head around it, which is why I like to meditate with the grapes. It chills me out and reminds me that everything's going to be normal one day. But anyway, I don't even know about my own self right now to the point that it all feels a little bit like a blur. Okay. But yeah, we've been back there and we saw, yeah, we saw the mess that was left by what we assumed was you and your and your friends, your new pals. No. It wasn't. They're not my friends. They never were. Well, what was their deal then? How come they were? Why are they so they're, devoted? They're tracking the hand. Did they? Oh. Well, they knew you had it though, right? They somehow found it. Hmm. Well, you can see why it would look uh, sinister from this perspective. So again, I don't know. Where is Stanley right now? Is he in the room with us? No, he walked off probably up to his bedroom. Okay, I'm making sure I'm not just saying this with you there like in the third person. He just may need some time and some understanding and he can probably get there, but I don't know. We've had too much experience together for me just to assume you you went complete dark side. So I knew there had to be something going on that was more nuanced and complicated, as these things often are. Yep. So maybe he'll, I don't know, maybe he'll simmer down before morning. Probably not. He's pretty pissed. Yeah. But what does he think I killed my people? Well, I think his thinking is because you took off when you took off, it kind of had a domino effect that meant some of your people were killed. And so I think he's not saying you walked up to him and slit their throats. I think he just means that your act of seeming betrayal or betrayal to us and to your people caused a lot of, you know, collateral damage. Wait, wait, you said some. Well, I don't know how many were killed, but I know that you're, I don't remember his name, but your right hand man guy that you put in charge, he's, he's gone. Stanley's going to come back downstairs having kind of gathered up some basic traveling type supplies and a Uh-oh. bag. Oh, shit. <clears throat> He's talking about Riddle <laughs> Nobieri, who is here, by the way. In fact, having said his name, I'm sure he's floating around as he tends to do when summoned. 
in a way, Hope, your arrival here is timely. Because you get to see exactly what you have created through your actions. Because today was the day that I planned to go see the survivors from Tiakal. And you Wait, can come with. There are people who lived? Yes, a few. Yes. I'll come with. I would probably recommend doing it in disguise at first. Yeah, they all think, um, they all think yes, you did it. Yes, if you're saying you didn't put the do ring it, on. they all think you did it, so you better, like, uh, go with somebody else. No. No, I'll go as myself. Do, we should, and then we should the probably, ring's on, and she's back into uh, Hope Hope, Tiefling Hope. We should are, all, are you referring to the necklace of infinite appearances? Just to, so oh, was it a necklace? Sorry, I yeah. thought it was the ring. Okay, sorry, it's a it was just a little thing bugging me. It's stupid. I was like, it's a necklace. <laughs> perhaps, no, good to know. Perhaps yeah. all four of us should go then. I don't know if I like the idea of you two going anywhere together. It's going to be a fight or blood or something. So me and Varel could tag along, maybe. Sure. Only if you want. I just hope you live up to your namesake for your people. What, Nashgar, Madagar, of the soul? Oh, you mean hope. You you. mean hope. Sorry. (laughs) Oops, that was actually Nash. I knew that. Nash was confused. I want to make that clear for listeners. That wasn't me. Yeah, okay. Nash is an idiot. Well, then I'll go get Varel. Hold on a second, and I'll go bang on Varel's door. (laughs) On the door to the outside? They're on the porch. Oh, they on the porch? (laughs) Nash, you bang on the door to the outside. (laughs) Varel, open up. (laughs) Instead, I will open that door, and I'll say... Burrell, we we gotta go. We got a job. We gotta. Hope's gonna go back and see the survivors with Stanley, which I guess he was doing anyway. The kids will be so, fine here with uh, what's her name. Uh, quest then. Yeah, like a quest. We can leave Bok Bok here. He doesn't need to go. All right. Well, I need to finish with Bok Bok first. We're almost to the part about the insertion. <laughs> oh, gross. And then I'll slam the door. It's quite the... And the door closed. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, Varel's in, I'll say. He'll go with us. He's doing birds and bees right now, but we'll, he's going to go with us and we're going to have a good old fashioned. It'll be like the old days, you guys. This will be great, Stanley. You don't think so now, but it'll be great. <laughs> it's going to be super great. It's going to be awesome. You're going to meet the handful of survivors from the slaughter. <laughs> well, we'll do it together like we used to always do everything that's together. <clears throat> we do it together. That's it. That's the thing. All for one, all for four for all or however it goes. All right, I'll come back inside and, and remember... You, you too, Chunks. It's a secret. 
Bok-Bok comes in. He seems heavy-hearted. He's been told something very important from Varel, and he, he's happy about it, but he realizes there's something he must do, and he seems weighted down by the burden. And all this is written on his, fa- his goblin face as he walks in. Does he think he has to do it with hope? Is that what this Did is? Did Dash say that, or is that Scott asking that's, that? That's me asking that. That's Scott asking. <laughs> I can't answer questions like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just sounds weird. Bok Bok looks in and he says, I have announcement. Varel taught Bok Bok how to be man. And, but Bok Bok has journey of own to take. Bok-Bok will journey here at the cottage of the forest and protect our family. Bok-Bok no stuff. Bok-Bok good defender. But Chunk stupid. Chunk stupid kid needs to be learning. For I'll take Chunks when you go. Teach him how to take the top of a man's head from his body and eat inside in the delicious way you said one time I think <laughs> so Bok Bok say he waits for everyone to be impressed with what he said Um, Nash refuses to be impressed <laughs> by any of that. Hopes too emotionally distraught to even try and understand. Wait, I'm I'm to take chunks? Bok Bok? <laughs> you take chunks. You teach to be like you. Great lizard folk. Oh. The Don't ride. worry. You keep mommy. You keep Chunk's mommy nearby. And when you when when hope ready, I will be here, and we can be mommy daddy to Chunks. That's not what we talked about, Bok Bok. I know. Wait, uh, I mean, not now. Going. I mean later after hope gets more older. Right? That's what you mean? <laughs> well, anyways, I- I'm going to fly and blowy. And he walks away. <laughs> Freaking. There goes our hero. Watch him as he goes. Bok Bok, we-, we discussed that Hope already has a mate who is alive. Hope. Wait, are I, you saying that so that she can't hear that? You're in the same room as her. Yes, I, I'm. I'm. I'm choosing to stealth, clear the air now. Stealth roll, or are you clearing the air? I'm clearing the air. Okay. I apologize, everyone. Bok Bok is confused by my message about size and similar creatures. Hope, your former lover is still alive in the form of badass tea. He is missing his jaw and most of his lips, but he is well enough. No, let's not pretend that was 
Yeah, let's just go. I'm not <laughs> pretending. <laughs> it's in a fortress with Nash's face on it. Oh yeah, part of the long story. They're... Unless you embrace Bok Bok as your... She doesn't know anything about no. the, the giant space penis or any of that. What are we talking about, guys? Please. <laughs> well, if it might bring you joy, I I happily announce to you that Tedna is alive and with the malformations I mentioned earlier. <laughs> Hope she's shaking her head. She's so confused right now. Oh my gosh. I fear I have not improved things. (laughs) Shall we go then? To the quest, yes. Yeah, I've got no NPCs in the room. It's all up to you guys. (laughs) So we'll use your ring then, right? No. Oh, what then? I don't. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, wait a minute. You got this fancy ring to take you anywhere you want to go. Isn't that how it works? It's a lot more complicated than that. Oh man. Well, complicated is the word I'd use for how we eventually got here. So let's think about portals. I guess. We know where they are, Nash. Nobieri was here. He told us that there were survivors staying in this very same place. Oh, you mean where we are now? Yes. Oh, well, then never mind. Let's go. I forgot he was I here. Assume, I assume Nash walks out the door. <laughs> I just don't leave. All right. <laughs> we're out. Lead the way. All right, Nash exits the cottage. Forward, lead the way. (laughs) First one out the door. (laughs) I assume he's going to go out and play with grapes. So you guys are ready to get your shit together. So Nash, you go out. You go out of the building. Yeah, I'll I'll just lay out there. Yeah, hopefully. All right. So the somber. Are we bringing chunks with us, Varel? Oh, you're muted. Hope. You look like you have some really. Perfect. I was saying chunks is with us all the time. <laughs> all right, perfect. So uh, you, you gather up and uh, meet outside. And um, Stanley, you would have gotten directions. I don't know that we formally said exactly where on a map it was. No. Um, let's say you have the directions. It's not far. There's a path that leads into the wooded area from the cottage. So as you begin walking. Uh, you're you quickly greet the forest and then you're in dense forest the sunlight cutting through the trees but mostly all shaded smell of pine and forest everywhere you walk about 10 minutes through kind of gnarled old wood you know not threatening or sinister just age and just voluptuousness of these trees large thick branches you know peated moss covering over old uh, logs that have fallen over to the side. Everywhere there's a stream, there's a beautiful 
wooden bridge with ornate decorations and faces of dragons and things of that nature carved into it. After ten minutes of walking like this, uh, you see the path ahead is going to open into a clearing. And you see that there are several houses sort of all circled around, maybe like eight of them circled around sort of the center clearing. It's got a well in the center of the village area. And you see that behind one of the houses, there are some tieflings in a garden. They appear to be planting. And apart from that, there... <laughs> okay, there's a bird overhead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's a little random. <laughs> you paused right when I hit it. I'm not used to that. I barely heard it, so I'm like, okay, there's a bird overhead. And you notice that uh, on the front steps of some of these houses, there are some tieflings there, and some of them are smoking pipes. One of them is cutting up, uh, looks like a slab of meat, uh, defeathering a chicken, let's say, on the front porch. And it looks very calm and quiet. Before you enter, do you want to just go straight into the village, or do you have anything you want to do before you enter into the village? I would stop right at the entrance and then slowly walk in. Okay, so you walk, you, you enter into the cl- clearing on the path. Um, who's first? Or y'all at the same Ed, time? Stanley probably would have been leading because he knew where he was going, but I think inside of the village, he would kind of step aside and be like, go on, you're the queen, and motion for Hope to step forward. Okay, so Hope, then you are the first to uh, stand in the clearing, and um, one of the tieflings looks up and almost loses their breath going, <gasps> and they drop, you know, the cup or glass, the mead that's in their hand, and it hits the ground and splashes all over. And then the tiefling turns to another tiefling there, like a young a young boy, taps him on the shoulder and whispers something. And one by one, you see tieflings notice you and sort of step forward and gather in a circle at the center of these houses. And one of these cottagey-looking houses in particular has a porch and on it the kid opens the door and emerges from the house and riddle nobieri walks and just slightly after him is emmanuel fekald the priest of the tide bearers and they both walk out into the porch and riddle raises up both of his hands and he goes hope it is good to be finally reunited with you again and he raises his arm out for a hug. Copal going for a, a long, sad hug. All right, you step forward, and he says, You're now home, my child. And he puts his arms around you, one arm, hand on the head, one hand on the back, and he pats your back and does sort of this circular caress gently. <clears throat> and on that somber note, Let's head to the midway break. And when we return, the conclusion of this week's There Will Be Dungeons. Oh, very nice. All right. We'll be back in uh, about eight minutes or so, everybody. Go do your, your thing, and we'll be back in a moment. Stay tuned. Okay. Fired up. We're back, Bo. Let's do it. Okay. So, uh, to set the scene again, we are in a clearing in the forest where there are eight, you know, log homes 
all assembled in a circle facing a clearing in the middle. The tieflings, maybe numbered somewhere between a dozen and 24, are all standing on their front porches or in a circle around the four of you in the middle of the clearing. Um, five of you, I guess, Chunks uh, is sort of clambered on Varel's back somewhere, like a little trophy or ornament. In the middle of this, Riddle Nobieri has is embracing hope in a gentle fatherly hug. He feels the tension in your body, and he but he pulls you away, clasping you on the shoulder, and he looks at you and he says, "You must be weary from your journey. Come sit." And he sort of motions to some tieflings, and the tieflings begin taking chairs from the various houses and assembling them in a circle around the clearing. And people sort of move out of the way, and you know, a few of the stronger tiefling men walk out to the forest clearing line, disappear, then come back with great logs sort of over their shoulder, and they begin assembling a large bonfire in the middle. Now it's early morning so it doesn't really add any additional light but the ceremony of the fire I think is what is important as everyone very somberly begins assembling the wood in the middle and the chairs all around and a very nice comfortable chair is brought out for you Hope as you're seated kind of in the center of the circle. Hope will deny the comfortable chair if she wants one like everyone else has. Hope uh, Nobieri looks and he says, he just nods. And then he briefly whispers to one of the tieflings and they take that chair away and replace it with, you know, more normal looking chair. It's all kind of hodgepodge, but, you know, it's a wooden chair to sit down in. And you are seated at the head with Nobieri on your right. And the rest of the party can, there's three seats for the rest of the party on the left. I'm going to start sketching this out here so I can see. Okay, we got Pharrell, we got Stanley, we got Nash. We got all the people assembling around the fire. And Chunks will be with Pharrell. And Emmanuel, uh, Stanley takes this. So it's Hope on your left, it's Pharrell, then Nash, then Stanley seated. Then immediately to your left, Stanley, Emmanuel takes brings a chair, sits down next to you, looks over at you, doesn't make any facial signs or attempt to communicate except to look at you. Do you look her in the eyes or no? I would look at her and I would just kind of give a nod and say, I'm glad you made it. And she looks at she looks at you for a moment, holding your locking your gaze. And you see a small smile creep onto her lips, but imperceptible. And she doesn't say anything further and sits down. Then looks at the fire, and everyone's sitting in a circle, looking at the fire, and Nobieri standing. And he addresses everyone. <clears throat> Tieflings of Tietkala. Servants of the Akmenos line, 
We are gathered here today in our most desperate hour. An unknown force of our ancient enslavers have returned for they spite us and hate what we are. No. No, Novieri, please just sit down and hope we'll stand up. He nods to you and takes a seat. Hope will breathe deep with their eyes shut and then she'll open them and making eye contact with every single person in the circle. I led them there. It wasn't intentional. It was something that happened. We found something and I thought I was doing something good to protect more people. But it ended up hurting everyone here. And I I don't know if I shall take a deep breath and start again. Because of this thing we found, I came home. I thought I could protect everyone, build the city stronger, safer than before. But the demons want this thing that I found. We found. And she'll nod to Varel Nash Stanley. But I was the one that brought it back to Tiet Kala, and they found it. And they destroyed everything. So I understand if this circle needs to end and I need to go. But um, it wasn't the demon's hatred of you. And then she'll sit down. Nobiri looks out at the people assembled. Our great leader has made a difficult choice. And she made it knowing that her people were behind her. All of you have sworn an oath to the Akmenos line. No. For it was... No, it... It they was there. You don't have to if you don't want to. Nobiri looks out at the crowd and he looks to you and he says, Hope, you may wish to release the tieflings under your care, but what we speak of today runs farther than you. This kingdom does not belong to you or to me or to any of the tieflings here. We have all chosen freedom from our enslavers. But that's not to say that we are immune from their great influence over us. Not even the best among us is unreachable. I look forward to hearing everything about your tale. But I speak for all of us here when I say that the tieflings of Tietkala know no other queen but the woman who stands before us to lead our people 
to the promised world that we fight for every day. And Nobieri looks out on the crowd and says, if any tiefling here disagrees, they may choose their own path. And then one of the men who had brought in the logs, who was leaning and not sitting, steps forward and says, <clears throat> I am from the Gretchil line. My people were not given a house, and we were in the house of the unnamed. Queen Hope brought an end to this and gave my family equal... What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Power amongst the families. I trust in Queen Hope and will continue to give my life to serve the future of our people. For it is not with the demons, but with each other that we will survive. And then um, off to the left, a rather sort of brow-furrowed tiefling with his wife and young boy, the one at wit to go get Nobieri. The tiefling looks up, looks at you, shakes his head, and then takes his wife's hand and his boy's hand, and they walk to the edge of the clearing and into the forest. The remaining tieflings look at one another and they each don't find that any of the other ones are moving from their chairs. And Nobieri steps forward and says, let us mark this day with a consultation from our very own. And st um, Nobieri steps forward and he produces from his robes with his totem sort of clicking and clacking. They're wooden. He pulls out a bowl and it's got some dust on it. And he takes a bit of dust in the palm of his hand and he approaches the bonfire and he lifts up the hand and he goes <sighs> and blows the, the, the ash in his hand into the fire. And then he passes it to a tiefling on his right. And who did I put it? Yep. And that tiefling steps forward. The Nobieri takes the, the ash and sprinkles a bit on his cheeks and draws a line upon his forehead. And then the tiefling holds his hand out and Nobieri puts some ash in it and that tiefling steps to the fire and goes... And one by one, the remaining 17 or so tieflings, women, children, men, as they pass the, as Nobieri circulates around the circle, giving each of the tieflings who wish to stay an opportunity to do this ritual. Finally, he approaches Emmanuel, who does the same. And then Nobieri approaches you, Stanley, and looks at you expectantly. I'm not a tiefling. 
and she is not my queen. His eyes moves to Nash. Sure, what the hell, I'll do it. Okay. Then I'll do it. All right, so you get up and step forward. Do you do anything crazy and float, or no? Oh, that's a cool idea, though. I do float. I float one okay. foot above the ground. You float one foot above the ground, slowly approaching. Yep, like a finished and Nobiary person. has to reach up, so you have to lean down, and he he puts one splash of ash on one cheek, one splash of ash on the other, and then he takes a bit on his finger. He licks his finger. It takes a bit of the ash and he makes a line over your forehead. And I need to make a tumor roll. So you go sim. A 20. All right. It bursts a tumor on your head and a liquid of white, yellow, and red come pouring down your nose. Oh, and he looks and he says, sorry. It happens. I, ro- I rolled a 20, by the way. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yeah. I'll go. It happens. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It'll All be- right. And then he, he's... He waits for you to hold out your hand, and then he drops some ash into your hand. Thanks. And then he waits. I'll turn around like a finished person and float back to my seat. Oh, I know I have to do Uh, the thing first. mm Mm-hmm. What do I do? Do I eat? What do I do with it? Nope. Nope. (laughs) Eminil, as you're you're making your way back to your chair, Eminil whispers, says, blow out the ash in the fire. Oh, right. I'll turn around and go, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, and it sort of doesn't really hit the fire. Well, make a roll. Okay. Make a sleight of hand roll, please. All right. Because you went, <laughs> it sounded like you maybe didn't, weren't trying the best. Well, it's just a sloppy blow. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they all? That's my nickname in high school. All right, here we go. That's my nickname in high school. Ooh, a f- I'm sorry, a five. I rolled a four and I have a plus one, so five. All right, so you blow it all over the ground in front of the fire, and it doesn't make it to the fire. And Nobieri approaches you, hold, holds out another pile in his hand, waiting for you to open your hand. All right, I'll, sorry. I'll say I'll, I'll, I'll get it in this time. He'll okay. pour it in my hand. All right. I'll, I'll get a little Roll closer again. this time, and then 21. Oh, that's nat 20. All right. natural 20 right there, baby. All right, so you blow it right into the fire, and it goes whoosh, and there's this flare of the arcane as it makes a big whoosh, and you hear, oh, from like the the people in the circle. Okay. I will All right. Float and now back, uh, triumphantly nope. back to my seat. Okay. And then Nobieri approaches you, Varel. I would like to make an Arcana roll to know I'm not being bound or cursed or anything by this ritual. Do it. It's a ten. You don't. You can't tell. I'll grimace afraid of such weird tribal magics, but I'll perform the the deed. Perfect. And do you take it seriously? Yes. Let me let me hear <sighs> Very good. No roll needed. Well done. Alright, and then with that done, that's everyone in the circle. Hope you didn't do it yet, did you? I can't remember now. I lost track. No, I'm not yet. Nobieri turns to you and looks at you expectantly. I hope we'll do the ritual. Okay. So Hope stands up. Uh, he approaches you. He puts ash on both of your cheeks, draws a line on your forehead with the ash. 
You hold your hand out. He drops some. Which hand do you take it with? The left hand. Her real hand. Your real hand. Okay, perfect. Um, all right. And then you blow it. Uh, let's hear. <sighs> all right, perfect. No roll needed. And <laughs> Nash. So if I had to, gone, if I had to made a fart sound, I wouldn't have had to roll. Is that what you're telling me? That's right. Okay. You're a victim of your own personality. It's all okay. Right. All right. Uh, we all are. That's in character, uh, actually. Yeah. I think that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah fine. we're good. Um, so you blow the uh, ash into the fire, and as you expel the breath, and the ash hits the fire, <gasps> a large jet of flame broils up into the fire like a tornado and it roars and even though it's the middle of the day it's sort of the brightness of the fire blackens the sky a bit like dims everything and you just the source of light now is just this circle and the fire changes color it turns a kind of green and it turns a blue color and it turns into what looks like a pillar uh, not a pillar of flame, but a, a pillar made of flames. And then it, the pillar opens. And a tiefling made of flames walks through the door about 10 feet tall. A woman in, again, this is all made out of the flames. This isn't actually standing in the flesh in front of you, but made completely in the flames a large tiefling woman. I mean, large, like 10 feet. She's muscle-bound, covered complete in this ornate plate armor with jagged hooks and edges. There's a shield across her back and a a a sword sheathed on her side. And she walks through with large, crazy horns and flowing fire hair. And the fire hair flows up billowing from the top it doesn't fall down on the sides and she walks through this pillar but still standing in the bonfire and she looks upon her people she goes what destruction has occurred here I see sadness I see resentment I see fallen tieflings who summons me now? Nobiary stands up and says, Oh, great Abigrir, the tieflings of Tietkala from whence you came, summon you for your wisdom and counsel in our most desperate time. The ruling Akmenos, and then he raises a hand to you, Hope, Orifi. has made a journey across the stars where even a dead tongue cannot provide counsel. I summon you here in the hopes that you can set her and all of us on a path to security and safety for our people. And Abergreer looks across the tieflings and says, Where is the one they call, you call Hope? This one. Hope will stand. 
What is it that I'm looking at? A lady. Hope kind of looks over to Nobieri. She has no idea what to say or do. Nobieri. Uh, so let's take a quick little pause. You recognize Abigreer as the deity that the Order of Poxus, Melgor's Pelagic Order, worshipped. You've heard of Abigreer. You know that Abigreer was a tiefling from Tietkala who fought in the War of a Hundred Sons and Daughters a long time ago as you got your history lessons for what happened. Abigreer was... Um, basically, there was a ton of infighting in Tietkala that resulted in 100 years of war, essentially, throughout the wastes. And Abigail was the one that brought it to an end, but also giving her own life at the same time. And through that, she had, to the knowledge of the Order of Poxes, risen to godhood. But of course, there's no evidence that that had happened. That was just a form of belief that they worshipped Abigail for finally bringing an end to the war. She was known to be wise, but stern, and a little hardcore when it came to killing. <laughs> but overall, a, a, a patron saint of the tiefling people of Tietkala. And she's now, a depiction of her made out of flames, standing ten feet tall, is staring at you like you're an amoeba in a micro, like a microscope, like... And, it, and she waits. Gotcha. And she's made of flames. Hope will uh, hold up her right hand and reveal the arm. And once again, explain the story about how this brought the demons to Tia Kalan laid waste to it. A tactical mistake, but... This is about your heart. What does what song does your heart sing, Hope Akmenos? It's lost right now. I want forgiveness, but I know. There's still a very long journey ahead. And who would a queen want forgiveness from? It is they that should be begging your forgiveness. For doing what? You are them. What you do, they are. You are the leader by blood. There may be those who doubt you, those who feel wronged by you. But if you do not give them the world they need, they will not have it. And if you kill them, on a path of your own self-destruction, you kill all of them. And no amount of wishing will make it otherwise for you. 
I see. It is time to stop sympathizing and time to start leading. Who do you wish forgiveness from? Your people? So many died. And so many will continue to die. Creation is a vast place. And the death of mortals in the grand scheme of creation is expected. Your duty is to care for those who are still here. And as long as there is a tiefling in your charge, even one, then Tietkala is not dead. Our tiefling people are not lost. But it is up to you. No god can give you what you're seeking. Not even the one you carry with you. Cool. Hope's gone very pensive. We'll nod in reverence and thank you. But she wants it down until the image disappears. Abercure looks and she says, My tiefling people, I have become, become something distant from you. From where I am, I watch over all of you. But the wisdom we require cannot come from a demon or a devil or a god. We, the tiefling people, know the selfishness of their kind. Um, did Hope run away? (laughs) 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 The god turns to Nash to kill some time. (laughs) Actually, I would ask her. I do have a question for her. Can I ask her a question? Yeah. While Hope ponders what you just said, have you met any uh, Nashes where you come from? Anyone that looked like me, sounded like me, looked like me, which I already said. People like me. Are you familiar with the time barf? Mortal. We see ourselves in many others. Okay, that didn't answer my question, but it's fine. I'll take it. And I'll go back to doing whatever it is. Avergreer shifts her armor for flame armor. Attention back to Hope and to her people. And she says, You all have a choice. You fight for the people of Tietkala. You fight for your freedom. Or you will die. I am no longer a mortal. And 
I cannot interfere with the des- with the predestination of the cosmos. But know that your sacrifices are not in vain. And a beautiful paradise awaits for those tieflings who give their lives to fight for what is good. Family. Family is all that matters. And with that, the flames start to rise up. And she, the flames just go, and a pile of sparks fly out everywhere. And the flames return to normal. Nobiary scratches his beard and stands contemplating the flame. And Stanley, you feel a tap on your shoulder and you look and it's Emmanuel and she brings her chair closer to you looking like she's seen her god in the flames, which literally just happened. And whispers to you, this is incredible. Stanley, a little less enthused by what he just saw, but doesn't want to make her feel bad. Just sort of nods passively. Okay. You feel a hand on your hand. It's her hand. Is she trying to get my attention or just trying to hold it? Just trying to hold it. Stanley reaches over with the free hand, pats it comfortingly, but pulls his hand free. Oh, 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 I'm hurting all the way over here. Oh, my God. Ah. All right, that happens. I feel crushed. Sorry. All right. um. (laughs) Okay. Uh, everyone remains quiet, contemplative. There's no bok bok to say something stupid right now. Yeah, Stanley doesn't have anything to say to anyone. Hope. She's still thinking. Mm. All right, so everyone's just going to kind of hang out and think. The group sits in silence for a while, but you begin to see that eyeballs are moving to you, Hope. Even though people are being quiet, you know your tiefling people are waiting to see what you do next. Um. Um. It. Tell me your stories. What happened? Uh, sorry, before I interrupt, do you need a break? Are you having like kid patrol? Or no, 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 no. It's good. <laughs> okay. It's good. Okay. I was just worried. I, I wanted to bring it up in case you're feeling like, okay. Um, the tieflings look at one another around. They all seem to be a little too shy to speak up. 
let's start on the right. And we'll go around in the circle. Okay. The first tiefling, it looks to be this, um, you know, not a warrior. Looks like probably he might have been ranging out on the desert before he has the kind of clothes that would suggest he's, you know, wearing, wearing, um, clothes that would protect him from the elements, little modern human. And he sits up, he looks around and he goes, Her Royal Highness has asked us to share our stories. Um, well, I was born long ago in Tietkala in the time of the Night Eaters. I spent much of my time uh, exploring the outer regions of Tietkala before Nobieri came to round us up and bring us to safety. And then we dreamed a long dream. And then I came back to Tietkala and... Um, I mean, it was safe, and so I existed as I normally did and continued to explore the regions around Tietkala, but many hundreds of years later. Very fascinating. And, and, and then one day as I was out, I saw... I saw a horde of winged men, demons, descend upon Tietkala from the desert, and... I ran back as quick as I could. I had my... I had met someone. uh, Named Zalna. (laughs) And we were having... Expecting a new little boy. To join the family. But I had ranged very far... And I ran for two hours and still was not within Tietkala. But I saw the whole thing. The large demon, the throne made out of our people, the great demon that sat upon the throne and shot lasers at the elves from his fingertips. I had a, a view of the whole horrifying battle. And then uh, some elves came to ask me if I was okay. They let me go look at my old home. And poor Zalma. And the part of the building had fallen on her head and taken her head clean off at the shoulders. She's still down there. We didn't have time to bury anyone. And now I'm here. Is this the story you wanted? My queen? Yes, thank you. Okay. And so... One by one, the remaining 17 tieflings, not counting Nobieri, uh, tell similar tales of living 
you know, uh, their everyday lives in Tiet Kalam, most of them were from the time of the Night Eaters. Because as you know, it's only been about six months they've been living in current time. Um, a lot of them have memories of their days before Hope's Rule. And, and one by one, they each tell their story and everyone takes their time and they're all heart-wrenching. But the one common theme is that the tieflings don't seem to have any question whenever any of their leaders, whether it be one from the past or referring to you, that they are all believers in the tiefling dream that you're a part of. And finally, the it gets back to uh, Imenil. And Imenil uh, steps up and looks around to share her story. And she, she looks to Stanley and she says, <clears throat> I too come from the time of the Night Eaters. And at that time, you'll all remember that we rejected our former lords to find new gods to worship. And we found the siblings. And I found the teachings of Malhaya and the Tidebearers that formed from that worship to be for me. It provided the water, the movement of the water provided so many answers as to how time affects us all. When the demons attacked Tiet Kala, I was deep in prayer. But my prayer these past weeks have not been in selfless petitioning for the fish bird to finally bless our planet with much needed water. But selfishly, I was praying for the safe return of of one I love. And then the demons attacked and I I hid in the church and I prayed. I was not strong. I prayed that my death would be quick. I prayed that Malhaya would finally answer my wish and bring the water here to wash away the demons. But most of all, I I prayed for Stanley and my queen and their heroes to return and save us. And they did. I know not many of us are left standing. But they are here now. And our people are not over and not defeated yet. But one thing is clear. We keep fighting wars for few resources. Even this vision of Abigail, which is incredible 
does not serve us fighting over land and over grudges. If the people of Elhandar profess to want to save this planet, then I do not know why they have not figured that out with all their sophisticated machinery and magical decadence. The planet needs water. That's all it needs. Lots of it for everyone. And with that kind of abundance, we would know peace finally. Water. And then she gathers herself, sits back down, and is quiet. Stanley, you're up next. Stanley sits for a moment and then slowly stands. I was born Valir Ornath on Earth to an elven father named Dalit, a human mother named Krista. My childhood was comfort, not in that we had anything, but in that we had family, something rare, something unique, that we had love. My father, I believe, believed in Elhandar and the future that it would bring to the planet, I spoke only Elvish for the early parts of my years. And I was a child of two worlds, an elf and a human, a novelty. A novelty stands out even in a world like ours. My parents were murdered. My happiness stolen from me because I was different. I was the kind of person that could be put on display for being different than everybody else. I was taken by slavers and I was put on display as a freak show, as something unique like a trophy. The person who took me taught me common. I didn't know it. Don't hear a lot of people who speak like me. I learned it phonetically from him. Every time I speak, I hear his voice. The way he spoke. The way he taught me. More often than not, the brutal way he taught me. And that is the life that I knew. Eventually, I thought maybe I could save the world. That maybe all we were missing was somebody to stand taller than everybody else and say, this is right, this is wrong. A society. 
And for some reason, I thought that would be me. When I finally found society, be it Dust Hill, Slave Town, Tiakala, the stories I heard about Principal City, I didn't find society helping people. I found it keeping them down further. Eminil was a guiding light to me. All of a sudden, she offered me the ability to learn about more than what mortals do. That there might be a greater power out there. And when we set out to free Varel's kingdom, when we found ourselves in a predicament, I decided to sacrifice myself to save this world. And I prayed to Malhaya in that moment to find out if what I was doing was right and good. And I was told yes. And every single one of us stood in a circle and held hands, ready to give our lives, ready to move on and do the right thing. And then I died. Despite the love of a deity, despite the companionship of my friends, despite the promise that I was on the correct path, that was the end for me. And I wasn't going to some promised land, some happy, bountiful place. I was going to a world of darkness, a swirling vortex that is best described as the piss. It was my friends that saved me from that fate. Forel. Nash. They saved your queen. They saved me. They brought us back. And I didn't know what to believe. The deity had told me I was on the right path, and that path was apparently eternal damnation for doing the right thing. So... I did what anyone would do. I did some wrong things. Didn't matter. Who cares where that gets us? I lied. I agreed to steal some things. Put us in another bad position. And then I got to be abandoned by my friend, too. I got to return to the first place I've called a home since the last one was taken from me. And that was taken from me too. That's my story. And Stanley sits down. Jeez. Nash, you're up next. I'm gonna follow that. I can't compete with that. It's not a competition. No, I know, but... The Queen has asked everyone to share their story. It's a tender time. Are you ready? (laughs) 
You could ask Pharrell to go ahead of you if you aren't ready. <laughs> no, it's not that I'm not ready. That's an option. Nash has not decided how much he wants to divulge from his time before. Oh, that's right. You're in a very intimate area where everyone's sharing things, and Nash has to cleverly keep out details of his past he doesn't want to share, if yeah. he even knows what they are. I could count. Tell him about the slow Peters and call it a day. Yeah, I could tell him about slow Peters. I could All talk right, no about- more coaching. No, no more coaching Scott. Whatever he comes up with, he comes up with. Just talk about kicking, kicking my dead penis under a bed. That's a fun story. Um, all right. Oh my gosh, do I want to do it or not? I mean, so all right. Here's, I know what I'll do. The, all right, go ahead. Here's what? the thing. Here's the, let me just say this, and I'll give you a minute to think about it. We've been playing for over two years now. Yeah. And it seems like you got one in the chamber. I do. I'm just going to say, if you're waiting for a good moment, it has been two years and it is a pretty good moment. But if you still want to hold on to it, then please do. I'm expecting a full gnash of this. Nobody's expecting a deep dive. so. (laughs) But I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. All right. I'm just, I'm not saying you're not capable of it. It's just no, you know, we're expecting. Like I licked a frog emoth egg and it gave me a ward on my nutsack. <laughs> Wait, I don't have one. It gave me a ward on the nutsack back of the solar mines telepathically. <laughs> well, and also now that there's this shape shifty talk, there's there's some reshaping of a couple of things, but I can probably. All right, I'll it's, I'll do a thing. Fit. I'll stand up. And I'll say, uh, I, my my head will be bowed. My both eyes are closed. My good and bad one. And I'll say, I never met my parents. <laughs> I'm not even sure I had any. All I remember was being told that where I was to grow up was good. That it would lead to good things and happiness. That those around me would be my family. And that those who told us to work every day would be our parents. And we would listen to them. And we would learn the lessons that life would bring. That normally a parent would tell. And so we listened and we believed them. And we worked hard. even as a child. And when we'd come home after a long day in the mines, they seemed to give freely of old relics, things long forgotten by most men. Books, mostly. Other odds and ends. And we would learn about the times before, before the fall of mankind. And it was great. And we truly thought we lived in a time and a place of true family. And despite seeing the slow Peters all over the place, and that's a long story I won't get into today, we never felt afraid. We believed them. But then the sores started to appear. And the tiredness would overtake our bodies. And we would come home expecting kindness and understanding and aid 
Instead, we got ridicule. And we're told to work harder. That if we were tired or that we were getting growths on our body, it was because we weren't doing a good enough job. That it was our fault. And so again, day in and day out, we would go and we would come back and our skin would begin to flake off. Some would die around us. And then there was the day I overheard the conversation that uh, changed my entire life. It was between who I thought was our father figure. His name was Pedro. I made that up because I don't know the guy's name. I totally made that up just now. He was talking to us. Are you lying to everyone else about this? No, I'm telling you guys that I just barely made up the name Pedro because I've never given the guy a name. No, no, but are you telling the NPCs this? No, I'm telling you. Pedro. I'm telling the table. Okay. Deception roll, please. (laughs) No, I'm just, I'm telling you. You want to check if I'm lying to you, like you, the DM? I'm just telling. But you're telling me you're intentionally lying? No, no, no. I'm telling you guys. That I think his name is Pedro, but I'm making that up now because I've never thought of oh, okay. his name Oh, okay. So before. this isn't part of the... Okay. No, no, no. Here, sorry. I'm sorry. That's I'm all right. Sorry. I broke out of Nash for five seconds there. That's gotcha. my, my bad. Uh, <clears throat> I overheard him speaking to one of the Slow Peters, and that conversation told me all I needed to know. We were slaves, and we would never leave, and we only work until we die. We were told lies about an afterlife that was full of love and acceptance and free from the pain and rigors of living in the solar mines. It was all a lie. This made me angry. So slowly and over time, I talked to others and created a bit of an uprising. We planned the time very carefully. When we rose up, it had become known to me that I had certain abilities those around me didn't have I could produce fire where there was none for all I knew it was caused by working in the mines day and night I never knew I still don't know but these powers gave me an air of importance and it was easy to follow me because of these these abilities imagine your simple dirty, dying friends seeing you conjure fire out of thin air. It's an impressive feat. So I felt a great responsibility to get us the hell out of there. And so when the time came, we slit their throats, set their barracks on fire, and ended the life of the man I once called father. I swear to this day I can still smell his blood. But we got out, and I went my own way. And then there's a whole bunch of other shit between that and now that I couldn't tell you. And I sit down. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Everyone just accepts what you say with a joke or comment, which is unusual. In your experience for the table that is the short of it there was a big uprising and I, I led the uprising the details have always been murky but maybe later we'll get a time to do more of those still plenty to uncover that was great 
was very good. In fact, uh, inspiration for Stanley, inspiration for Nash. Nice. Pharrell, no eyes shift to you as Nash takes his seat. You all know me well. I am Varel, Rasphim Kurik, the Lizard King, Hero of the Wastes, Hillguard of Dust Hill, the Lone Lizard, Victor of the Rusty Cage, Flame of the North, Drinker of Beans, Destroyer of Thailander and his Beast, Arsonist of the Sapphire, Decapitator of Blunk Oliver, Slayer of the Metal Man, Funafushi, Keeper of Grozil, the Fang of Razak Val, Defeater of the Tyrant Beast in the Purple Sands, Creator of the Fate Five, Savior of the Wastes, Survivor of the Beam, Lobotomizer of Dolopopio, Pro Player of the Mighty Squirts, Gold Medalist of Smackums, Drinker of Ale, Defender of the White Tower, Victorious Rider of Elevators. <laughs> Knower of Badass Tea. Vanquisher of the Demon Throne. Conqueror of the Locked Air Vacuum Pirates. And now, Hunter of the Elven Woods. And today, before you are, the Keeper of Stories. I will keep your story. With every victory I carry with you, a memory of your tales. Know me well. I will serve this kingdom. I will forge it anew. And we will take back our world. Look forward, friends. Not backwards. Because our greatness is yet to come. Nice sit down. Okay. Roll a perception check, please. Burrell. Eight. Thank you. All right. The circle has... Uh, give yourself inspiration for that wonderful listing of accomplishments. My favorite is creator of the Fate Five. Yeah. It's such a small, <laughs> tiny thing that is really good. Yeah. Uh, it triggered lots of memories, though, listening to all that. It's kind of nice, actually. Yeah. Um, Hope uh, the circle has completed telling their stories and attention returns to you. Have you snuck off or are you still there? No, Hope's still there. She was listening very intently. And she'll breathe deeply with chunks in her lap. She doesn't want chunks in her lap, but he's there. And then she'll nod at everyone to dismiss them. <laughs> okay, so she'll she dismisses everyone. Uh, but wait, do you want to do that? Because it's they're literally at their houses. Oh yeah, I guess they would be. <laughs> hey, no, they're working on their garden. In your houses <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So good point. Good point. Hope will nod and go. Thank you all. I have very much to consider going forward. But thank you. I needed to hear this. Feel free to go about your days. 
And Nobieri turns around, looks at everyone, and says, Today, under the... With Abigail as our witness, we have become a new kingdom, a new family. Hope. It is customary for... um, the queen to give a name to our new home and to our new people and our new purpose. From today forward, who are we? Hold on, I am being told some very crazy things to name this place. <laughs> None of which this place is going to be named. You are put on the spot, so this isn't going to be a. Let me get back to you with a great name. This is yeah, uh, uh, everyone's looking at you. We'll call it the harbor. The harbor. Yes. And so it is named the harbor. And what of our people? Are we harborers? Yes. To anyone who's lost their way and needs help refinding it. It is thus. Let it be written into the laws of our world beyond the stars that we are the harbor and we provide shelter to those tieflings lost amongst the stars and our purpose hope to help anyone who needs it let it be so and then Nobieri sort of gets weak and he leans on his chair. He's been standing the whole time. And he looks to everyone. He says, let me excuse myself. Um, the ritual has, has drained me. I must sleep. And we're now about maybe two or three in the afternoon. It's taken a long time for everyone to share their stories and talk. And Nobieri uh, walks to his home and enters his house and disappears from view. Some of the tieflings begin collecting some of the chairs and begin getting up and returning to their day. Uh, Many of them bow to you or uh, look at you with deference, lowering their eyes, and continue their work, leaving you seated there with your party members. Um, Stanley... Emmanuel um, gets up from her chair and then she approaches you and she says before you leave would you would you stop by my house yes of course and then she moves to her house and enters it
Okay, I'll turn to see what the others are planning before I go. I would be walking up to Nash and congratulating him on his story, though it made no sense. (laughs) (laughs) I assume you say that too, right? You'll say, I enjoyed your story, even though it made no sense, right? Yeah, that's how I imagined. We all imagined it that way. Uh, but we all enjoyed it, Scott. That's just Varel's take, okay? It was great. No, no, no. Oh, I'll say oh, you- I'll say to him, I'll say, well, thank you, Varel. I also enjoyed your list of titles. Well done. They've been well earned. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I was there for a bunch of those, and they were well earned. You too could make a list of titles. I it's could. an impressive thing to give your enemies and your friends. Kicker of one's own penis under the bed, for example. Sure. That's a title. Uh, liquor Knower of, of the Slow Peters. Yeah. Uh, liquor of, of Frog Hemoths. Mm-hmm. Rider of the Time Boff. There are many options for you now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Current carrier of peeled vegetables in my pants. See, it doesn't roll off the tongue like the Keeper of Grosjeel. Well, they must be your accomplishments. For instance, you may have noted that I did not include Slayer... And he looks around nervously. <laughs> of the angel. That was oh, not my kill. Yeah. That was hopes. Yeah. Probably not the best place to bring that up anyway. I get you, and I wink at him, and I, I turn around to follow wherever Stanley went. I'm standing right next Oh, I thought you left. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, walks towards you and looks at you, like, like super close. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll go, oh, I thought you went somewhere. Nope, just seeing what all you were doing before uh, I have a stop to make before heading back. Your story was you do. your story was a little dark and sad. I agree, very dark, very sad. Stanley, you must make as many stops as you need. You have been deprived of love for too long. <laughs> well, if the way you and Nash tell it, it's all I'm working on. So I guess I'm making up for it. It is true. There must be a great void in your heart. That needs filling with lots of different people. I encourage you to continue to fill your holes. Thank you, Varel. I will do that. I will do my best, Nash, with you as my witness. Stanley, your sadness is great. Your story has moved me. I will turn a blind eye to all conquests of your nature. I appreciate it. Thank you. You mean all his lady friends? Yeah, the very same. Okay. Yeah, he's the perviest among us. Just saying, Stanley. You literally have four children. (laughs) Right, with the woman that I married. Right, he's... he's, uh, uh, um, I'm committed. Um... What is the word? It is um fertile. Fertile. A fertile man. That's right. Pretty good for a guy with no junk. <laughs> See, that's what I was implying. I think it uh, <laughs> speaks to the amount of effort that would have been required to achieve such a goal. It is uh, impressive, yes. May have been some magic involved, but the point is uh your story Yeah, it was it was I don't know. I guess I have a new appreciation uh, for, for for who you are, and I also 
be less critical of your dalliances. Maybe you've earned them. We've all come from the same world. We've all experienced our share. And I will no longer think it a euphemism when you say I will whip out What's the name here, sword? Diplomacy. Diplomacy. <laughs> from now from now on, I will see it for what it is. A floating, decent weapon. You were reading that as a euphemism, were you? Yeah. For wiener. Mm-hmm. You did declare that you whip it out every time you attack. Yeah. It's see? It's it's made for metaphors. I'm just saying from now on, more respect toward diplomacy. I'm beginning to see where I might have gone wrong in your presence. (laughs) This will be a a work in progress for us, Stanley. Please respect our needs as we try to give you the space you require for your many love undertakings. Wait, Varel, you're now the respecter of needs. The respecter of needs. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) That's fantastic. <laughs> All right, we're what are we doing? Are we gonna go anywhere? Are we are we done? What do we do? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Were we why supposed to? All, why don't you all play Colt back? <laughs> Scott's playing Bok Bok now. No, I'm like, I've, weren't we supposed to follow? There was we were following somebody, or did I hear that wrong? Somebody went in their house. Oh, it was your girlfriend went in her house or whatever. And Manil, your character doesn't know this. Yeah. And Manil <laughs> quietly invited Stanley to her house. Oh. Oh, oh right. For, okay. But she didn't make a big public display about it that you caught on. All right. Maybe you did. Maybe you were very observant. Make a roll. What? <laughs> well, Perception all right. Roll. Perception roll? All right. But now that we're on the subject. Uh, 17. Okay. You've heard it. Oh, well, then he is going to get diplomacy out in the next hour or so. What time is it? Is it late? Uh, about two or three in the afternoon. Oh, that's all? Uh, yeah, you guys arrive there in the morning. It's about a ten-minute walk from your place. It wasn't far. Nash, I can see you're very confused as to what to do next. Why don't you and Varel take Hope back to the cottage? That's a great idea. Varel, let's do this. Hope! Yeah. Come with, come with us. We'll get lunch or something. Hope's shaken out of her deep thoughts. And she picks up, she realizes Chunks is still on her lap, picks him up and walks over. (laughs) (laughs) Some good sounds coming out of Chunks. (laughs) Plenty to look forward to in the future. All right. Um... Yeah, so if the three of you want to leave, uh, then you can move back to your cottage and Stanley can decide to visit Emmanuel or do anything else. What do you want to do? Yeah, I'll go knock on the door. All right. Uh, you knock on the door and you hear just a minute. And then a minute later, the door opens and Emmanuel is inside. And... um you noticed uh, her hair, while it was down around the circle, is now kind of tied up. She seems a bit freshened up. And she opens the door and she says, come on in, come on in. Okay. Go in. And you open the house and it's got a cottage look. There's a wood stove to the left. There's a pot boiling with something delicious uh, there being cooked. 
You notice in one corner there's a small makeshift altar to Malhaya. There's a few bowls with water in them and, and then a statue of the fish bird itself. So it's a bird with wings that seems to be flying from out of the water. Um, there's a few sofas in the common area. And it's a small cottage. It isn't quite as big as the one you guys are staying in. It doesn't accommodate a whole bunch of people. So that's all you got here in this room. And she says, please have a seat. Okay. Stanley will kind of saunter over and sit down awkwardly. Can, can they make you some tea? Um, no. No, thank you. Um, well, I asked you to come visit, and thank you for that. And she sits down on the sofa, not next to you, but on, a, like, if there's an L shape on the sofa. Whoa. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> wow. Are you all right? For real? That was gnarly. Yeah, it probably sounded worse than it was. It probably smells bad, too, but no one's here to smell it, so it's fine. <laughs> Definitely had that feel to it. Wow. It came from deep, deep in the stomach. I wonder, um, if, I wonder, if, I'll, I wonder if I'll mark and capture that for later. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Will you? I don't know. Is that something Scott does? All right. Um. So, so she's sitting. If it's an L-shaped sofa, she's sitting sort of facing you on a different sofa to look at you. And she says, thank you for coming. I, um, I heard what you had to say when we were sharing our stories. And, um, I, I just wanted to ap- apologize to you. I, in sharing, I believe we've spent several months together learning, teaching you the way, the ways of Malhaya. And you know that Malhaya has you in his heart. But I never meant for it to lead to your death. You have nothing you need to apologize for. It wasn't... It wasn't anything you did. What you showed me, what you helped me do, I mean, you... You know the story. You you know everything leading up to it, and... It was. It was magical, and it meant a lot, but... Much like the mantle that you gave me before I set out... What I went through burned that away. I don't know that I can feel the way that I did before. I don't... I don't even know if I'm the same person. I don't know how I'm standing here. I have a memory of sitting down in a pool of water waiting to die. And my friends coming and standing beside me and offering themselves alongside. And then the next thing I remember, after the bright light, is stepping out into a room and seeing my own body in front of me. I don't even know 
if I am the person you knew. The places we've gone, the things we've seen. He reaches down and picks up the dictionary. I've told you the story of this before this book. This isn't mine. This was destroyed along with everything else. There are other versions, other iterations of ourselves running around. I don't understand the half of it. It's beyond me. And I don't even know if this is my world. I don't know if I'm the person who experienced all those things. Or if that Stanley really is just a dead body somewhere. All I know is that in that moment, I found comfort. And when I came back, I felt abandoned. You're not the only one who felt abandoned. I, we spent a lot of time together before the attempt on Hope's life. You remember? I do. I have spent a lifetime in prayer to Melhaya. I have turned down suitors to show my devotion to the head priest of my order, who has long since passed. But I have not... um, My time in service to my beliefs has left me ignoring some parts of my life that... That when you came into it, I thought maybe I could have. But you were... You were an enthusiastic student, and you were looking for answers, and I realized that you did not see me. And then you left to go find out what it was that had crashed into the sky, the brave hero that you are. And then you never came back. And I never got to tell you how I feel about you. You never noticed. But I love you. And I don't think there is anyone in creation more qualified than me to tell you who you are. To know if you're the right Stanley that I fell in love with. I am so happy you're back, but I am so heartbroken that you blame Malhaya for your death, and that you blame me for it. Maybe Malhaya is wrong, but the planet needs water. It's the only answer I know. 
I don't blame you for my death. I don't even blame Malhaya for my death. I knew exactly what I was doing when I put myself in that position. I just felt deceived. I never was a religious person, and all of a sudden, I'm neck deep in gods and demons and souls and... I simply tried to find my place in it, and I heard your words when you told your story. And you say I didn't know then or I didn't notice, but I did. I was just as much in it for the comfort that the belief gave as the comfort that you as a person gave. But I can't dive into anything right now. I don't even know who I am anymore. I... I don't want to lose you as a person in my life. The greatest relief that I've felt in the past several days is when I found out you were a survivor. I thought I had lost everything again when I saw the state of Tiakala. And to hear that you made it, I'd been too afraid to even ask. Every person we came across, every chance to ask who survived, who made it, I couldn't ask about the people I cared about. I was already convinced they were gone. I don't want this to turn into me losing you again, but I am not ready, and I can't return the feelings that you're claiming right now. I... I don't even know who I am. You might be able to feel assured that I'm the same Stanley Billings that left, but I don't feel like it. I don't feel like a great hero that set off. I don't even know if I would stand in that beam if I was given the chance again. I don't know who I am right now. So your words are touching, and I wish I could offer something in return, but right now I just don't think I can. She begins crying. Water wells up in her eyes, and a tear runs down her little right eye. She's not sobbing, but she's crying eyes squeeze a bit. She doesn't bring her hands to her face, though. Her body convulses a bit. Tears and sadness. She doesn't speak. Stanley would stand. He would put a hand out, comforting on her back. <laughs> a little unsure, but would put a hand out. I don't know about me I don't know about you. I don't know about Malhaya or any of that. But your words are true. I want to see the planet saved. And regardless of any of the other things on the periphery, I'll be here if you need me to help you in any way to achieve that goal. And if she doesn't have anything else to offer, Stanley would... Don't quietly make his way out and leave. 
As you leave and quietly close the door, you walk to the center of the clearing and you hear a loud crash coming from inside. Inside her place? Mm Mm-hmm. Did it sound... Sound like something fell. Like things hitting the ground. Multiple things hitting the ground. If you had to guess... Like... Maybe a sh- like a a whole bunch of plates fell on the floor or something like that. That's what it sounds like. Very violent crash, but sudden and over. I I guess, and if I have to roll to see, that's fine. <clears throat> it, is the impression that I'm getting that she's smashing things, or am I getting? Yeah, do a perception roll. That that'll help me decide how much information that you just kind of know from sound, because I know you're super perceptive. <laughs> it, it's a twenty nine. <laughs> Jeez, you weren't kidding. (laughs) Right. Okay, so you know with exact certainty that she's walked to the altar with the Malhayan sculpture and the bowls and that she's smashed them all into the ground. Yeah, Stanley's just going to walk away. Uh, I thought as much. Not going to be. I wasn't sure. Like, you're going to run back in and see that, or you could just know and hear it and be like, I'll skip this one. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Perfect. All right. So, uh, you know, it's uh, 3 or 4 p.m. Pharrell, Nash, and Hope, you make it back to the cottage in the clearing. But um, Pharrell, as you walk into this area, you notice a familiar smell on the air. It's not me. It's not that. Perception check, please, (laughs) Pharrell. Yeah. Make sure it isn't me. 13. Okay. Um, headphones off, but Kyle, please. A little overdramatic, but you smell lizard folk on the air. Oh. Anything you want to do while we're private? Because I'm going to tell them to put their headphones back in. Uh, I would immediately go sniffing and hunting. Okay. All right. So make your roll, and we'll get everyone else to put their headphones back on. Back on? Yeah. 15 survival, I guess, for tracking. Okay, perfect. Uh, scent is coming from the north. I head north. Okay, so just as you get into the clearing, Nash, uh, Varel immediately leaves you and Hope and Chunks and walks north to the forest clearing. Varel, what are you doing? I smell them. Oh, boy. I'm going to follow him. <laughs> Okay. Hope. Hope will follow too because she has no idea. Who do you smell? The people. My people. Maybe a tribe left in this place or perhaps even survivors. Whoa. Okay. So uh, make a survival roll, please, as you track the scent. Seven. Um, your first attempt, the you're not able to zero in it on a direction. You smell the scent in the air, but you are a little uncertain which direction it's coming from. You need a bit of help, which <laughs> is kind of shameful. The keeper of shame. 
Silent Smash. <laughs> All right. Not like this either. Let's go to the cabin. I will ask our attendant. There are lizard folk in these areas. Okay, perfect. So you give up on the hunt and move back to the cottage. Uh, what does everyone like to do as you walk to the cottage have, with some time having gone by a bit? You looking around the forest. Stanley walks into the clearing as well. Back so um, soon. Yes. You know, despite what you all believe, not every time I walk off with a woman is it a romantic tryst of some kind. No, we never said it was every time. We just said it was 98.5% of the time. That is, that is too high. It is not that often. Oh. Well, it feels like it. Anyway, I said I'd stop doing that, so I'm not going to bug you about it anymore. That's right. Your victories are your own. However short they may be. (laughs) (laughs) That was a pretty solid burn. Really good. That was really good. You can't Uh, get double inspiration, or you should. It deserves it. Stanley will look at Burrell. I can take Stanley's inspiration away from him he did one inspiration damage. I mean honestly yes at this Ouch. point no I'm not going to do that I'm not going to do that uh, Stanley will look at him it's one of those cases with Varel where it's hard to tell where his earnestness just seems to uh, actually cut deep or if he's actually intending to jab him and then we'll just okay well Thanks for that, Varel. Um, what are we doing? What's what's the situation here? Currently, smelling my people. <laughs> what? He smells his lizard folk. Yeah, he can smell his people. That means there's lizard folk here. Well, didn't they? Um, didn't Nobieri say that? Uh, Omnom survived? Didn't he say he was here? That is true. I figured he would reveal himself to us, being his fang and all. I have not pushed the matter. Are they, as as followers of whatever fang they show fealty to, are they required to make their presence known? Is that the deal? Hmm. They may have assumed I was dead. Declared a new fang. Oh, we shall correct that. If you want to find them, we can certainly do that. Right. Today would be a good day. All the pieces are coming back together. I was going to ask our host if she knew of the tribe. That seems a worthy thing to try before we do. I will proceed towards the cabin. Okay, perfect. Uh, so you all proceed back into the cabin. Inside, Angelashi has uh, come downstairs and has the children each in a little cradle. Uh, each of the four children, each in their own little cradle on the couch. Liriel is, of course, dancing around, whipping up supper. And um, 
Yeah, box, box nowhere to be seen. Hostess. Mm, yes, yes. Are you aware of a lizard tribe in this very forest? DM. No. Um, not that I know of, but we have people moving in and out all the time. Hmm. I do not wish to be found. This is a great shame, my friends. I will venture forth at night. Would you prefer to go alone, or would you like us to go with you? Hmm. Well, normally I would request this audience alone. I feel we have reconnected a great friendship this day. I think we should all go. What great friendship do you feel is suddenly reconnected? Uh, we learned your inner fears and why you have been grumpy. And we are made whole again by our common knowledge of each other's pasts. So we may venture forth and do great deeds. I don't know if I'm ready to count hope among us as us being made whole. There is a big difference. And Stanley says this. I don't know if hope's around. He doesn't care. There's a big no, difference. Hope's totally there. She's staring. She's making eye contact. Okay, he sees. There's a big difference between what she presents as to her people and what she does. I think the stories that were shared around the table, including by the fiery tiefling we saw, were actually very good, very hopeful messages, but Hope carries her demon literally with her. Attached at the arm. She clearly has not put it behind her. Hmm. Let's go find your people, Varel. Ooh. I'm not going to respond to the accusation. Hmm. Trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hopefully, in finding my people, we find each other and ourselves. And all I together. I like it. Varel, finder of people. Perhaps, Nash, once I find them, I can declare something. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> Nash, stop giving him titles. <laughs> <laughs> I like them, though. They're funny. Okay, so how would you like to proceed, Varel? Would you like to leave immediately? Would you like to plan an excursion in the evening? What's the plan? Yeah, I figure we will sup, and then we will head out as uh, it falls to evening and whatever weird system of night okay. this place has. Well, that forms a natural breaking port point, and we are getting to time. Uh, we do have a bonus show recording today, mm -hmm. so... I think perhaps it's not a major cliffhanger, but we had a really emotional episode this week, and I think I think we'll, we'll push the pause button there, and we'll pick it back up. Uh, this uh, this long dark tea time of the heroes of the waste soul. Nice. <laughs> well, uh, I hope everyone enjoyed it because I know I did.
Whoop, that was loud. Yep, <clears throat> we'll be back next week, you guys. Don't you worry your little heads. No more week off business. <clears throat> That's for losers. Uh, but we'll be back. We'll be the keeper of the time. <laughs> that'll be our new title, the keeper of the showtime. And that'll be next week. I can't get this to work. There we go. Right here on There Will Be Dungeons. Therewillbedungeons.com is our website. Please feel free to uh, support us over there with our Dungeons Plus program. You can read all about it and what you get at therewillbedungeons.com. And if you're thirsty and just want a nice pick-me-up in the morning, check out phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD and get one of our branded teas. I'm drinking Omnom's Discontent, by the way. It's very good. Yeah. Oh, fitting. Very fitting. I like that a lot. Anyway, more from us next week, more from the story and our characters. Thank you all for watching, for listening, and for being here. And we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. We did it. It makes me sad when the show's over.